Hey, podcast family. Welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. And thank you for joining us, family, on this podcast. This podcast is the space where Tara and I share our perspectives on parenting because we understand that parenting can be a beautiful, wonderful, warm, sometimes ugly thing. (laughs) But we also understand that within our parenting experience, it may be different based on what we bring to the table. So for this episode, we are going to bring on a guest mom, Kelly Walker, who is going to share with us her insights on kids and sports and also share with us her anti-racism journey. Yeah. So Tara, where are you on your anti-racism journey? Oh, (laughs) that was you threw that at me by surprise. That's what I do. (laughs) You know, you and I have talked about this a little bit. and You have a really good graphic you've shared with me about sort of where we can be on the spectrum. And I've felt pretty comfortable that I'm pretty far out in the spectrum as far as the learning I've done and the reading I've done. I feel pretty far along on my anti-racism journey. I know that a couple of weeks ago, you and I were talking about the body is not an apology. And there's a lot of information there about disabilities and ableism. Mm -hmm. And I think what I'm finding is I have some more work to do in that area, sort of pulling the focus out, not just anti-racism, but differences across the board. There's some other work for me to do there. I think there's always work for all of us to do with understanding and celebrating the differences within our communities and within our families and in our friend groups and understanding and taking time to learn and do better. And that's what I'm really excited to talk to Kelly about because I have witnessed some of her evolution the past year. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really excited to share that with our podcast family and share it in Kelly's own words. Yeah, I love that. But again, this is not just about Kelly's anti-racism journey. Kelly also is a sports mom, and she is going to share with us how she navigates being a sports mom and having kids that are really heavily involved in these extracurricular activities and what this looks like at that stage in her journey. So a little bit about my friend, Kelly Walker. Kelly is a mom, a writer, a podcaster, and a sports and health enthusiast. Her background is in advertising and marketing. And most recently, she started working for a local media company here in the Dallas-Fort Worth suburb of Frisco, Texas, where she wears a few hats, don't we all? (laughs) Right. And one of those hats that she wears is hosting her sports podcast show, Hustle and Pro. And when I first heard that, Tara, you know what I thought of when I heard the term Hustle and Pro. Of course. Of course. Hustle and Flow. You sing the song to yourself. It's hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> it's hard out here for a <laughs> Oscar winning song, by the way. Yes. <laughs> I remember at the time that It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp uh-huh. by Three Six Mafia yes. had won an Oscar. Yes. But at that time, Martin Scorsese had not. Had not. That is correct. <laughs> Three Six Mafia won. Martin Scorsese, zero. Who was the host that did that? That was... Um, John Stewart. Yes, mm-hmm. that was a classic. It was John episode. Stewart. I, I remember it. every time I hear that song, I think of him saying that. <laughs> yes, and I loved. Um, Ludacris was in that. We talk about '90s hip hop. Yes, yes. Ludacris, who transitioned to being an actor. Yes, he's in that along with Taraji P Henson. Fantastic, amazing. In everything One she of does. my favorites. Yes. Yeah, and Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Yes. Did he win an Oscar for something? Oh, no, no, I don't think so. No, he didn't. I he, don't think so. Yeah, the quality of the work he's, he's uh, in. He's not, not problematic in the industry, I think. Just, I don't know why, but I feel like they wouldn't have offered him one. <laughs> That's unfortunate. So I'm curious to find out 
what Kelly thinks of Hustle and Flow because both of us know that's one of the top movies of all time. Oh uh, yeah, a hundred percent. So if she also agrees that Hustle and Flow is one of her top movies, mm-hmm. I think that we can be friends forever. Agreed. So without further ado, let's bring in our guest mom and my friend Kelly Walker to the show. Hey Kelly, welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. Hi ladies. Hi Kelly, we're so glad to have you today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We are so thrilled that you are sharing time with us today. And right before you joined us, Tara and I were having a conversation that came about because we were talking about your podcast, Hustle and Pro, which led us to Hustle and Flow, the Mm -hmm. Terrence Howard movie. And I have to ask, have you seen it, Kelly? No. (gasps) What? I know. I know it. I know it, which is why I I used it for for the name of my podcast. So I know of it, but I I have never seen it. I'm a listener for you guys. And one of the things that I was most scared of is you guys are going to ask me about music that I don't know or movies that I don't know anything about. And you did it. And right off the gate, number one. (laughs) Kelly, what What? you should have known was that you should have probably watched that movie this weekend because you knew it was coming. (laughs) You knew we were going to ask you about that. We we should do a Netflix watch party and watch it together. Oh, yeah. So our college intern is the one who told us about that, that you could watch Netflix together with your friends. You could watch a movie and a watch party. We had no idea. I've heard of that. I haven't done it. Let's try it out. Yes. I love trying new things. So you listen to our podcast. You know, we digress really often. But right now we're doing it right out the gate. (laughs) We didn't even jump into a question. We're just straight up. Let's talk about hustle and flow right now. (laughs) That was a good question. I just didn't have a good answer for it. Oh, all of your answers are great. Let's talk a little bit about Hustle and Pro. Can you talk to us about what this podcast is and how you got started doing it? Sure. Well, it is sports-based. I got started doing it because several years ago, I kind of got connected with the local sports scene here in Frisco, Texas. And that's a lot, actually. It's it's several minor league teams that have development leagues that go up to the pro levels. And the pro teams here, we have a lot. And I was writing articles for those teams on players and profiles and coaches. And I was sitting down with Texas Legends basketball player, Keith Hornsby, interviewing him. And then I would go home and write it into an article. And I just knew I was losing something in the translation because he was telling me this awesome story. His dad's a famous musician about him being on stage when he was a kid with his twin brother, all this cool stuff. And it just like, I lost some of it. And so I asked my bosses, can I just try an audio version of these interviews. And it kind of took off from there. And then I incorporated with the hustle part, I actually incorporated like a younger set of athletes instead of just pro athletes. I wanted to loop in like Frisco ISD students and athletes that had a story to tell and what their journeys are like at the beginning of their kind of athletic career. So that's what I do. I talk to athletes pro and and younger and fans and coaches and all kinds of different topics, but all with the spin of sports. Yeah. So you mentioned and you touched on the younger set of athletes. Mm -hmm. Let's turn our attention to that and talk a little bit about why you think it's so important for kids to be involved in youth sports at different levels. Right. I do. And I think part of why I think it's important is because it was my experience growing up. A lot of my memories and just sort of life learning lessons I think back and they're all, there's all some kind of sports connection with them just because I started doing sports at age three and kind of never really stopped. But when I see my kids, especially in sports, I think it 
it has, it's a good toolbox for success. I think the self-confidence that kids can gain from seeing themselves learn a new skill, seeing themselves maybe take a leadership role, it can really help kids come out of their shell and gain confidence. I think being a teammate and learning how to work with teammates is a really valuable skill for kids to learn while they're in sports. Um, being a good teammate is something completely different than learning how to work with others. But I think both of those translate into real life so well. I mean, any job you do, any team you're on outside of sports, you have to understand how to adapt to different personalities and different roles and leadership styles and all those kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. the team aspect is huge. I think the commitment side, thats that comes up a lot in our household when you have a down day or you want to quit. And we go back to reminding ourselves, like, did we commit to this? And it's hard, but like, we are going to get through to this point, right? Another just really valuable life lesson because we work hard and we don't want anybody to quit in our household if we've said we're going to see something through. Commitment, right. The the resilient side of that. Yep. And learning to fail is a big one. So I don't know if y'all have ever heard of Train Ugly, but it's a growth mindset, kind of a sports-related company blog business guy. Tra- you said train who, ugly? Yeah. Yeah. Trevor Reagan. I, I met him through PTA getting speakers when I was in charge of that years ago at my kids elementary. Anyway, he's awesome. We were doing all the Carol Dweck growth mindset stuff and he came up and he actually came out and spoke to us, but it's all about failing and using the failures to grow and to see yourself not as limited at this skill or not being able to do this skill, but learning how to the train ugly piece means kind of like get messy fall down it doesn't have to be perfect right 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 Yep, exactly so a lot of the train ugly stuff kind of i think about that all the time with sports so i'm curious um it sounds like you might be pretty sports agnostic what sports are your kids playing right now our daughter is 15 and plays lacrosse okay and also for her high school volleyball over the years, like she brags, she thinks she's done everything because she has done a lot. She was a cheerleader and through middle school and danced and soccer and even softball. And our son is a fourth grader. He's 10 and he is baseball player. He's a soccer player. He plays basketball in the winter. He would love to do lacrosse. We just, we limit ourselves, but we are always <laughs> doing, we're always doing at least one sport per kid. And when they overlap, Sometimes two, and that's crazy season. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point that you're, which one to stop you right there, Kelly, because you're talking about crazy season mm-hmm. with the time commitment. You're talking about multiple sports for multiple kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, how do you, here's the thing I have one kid and he hasn't done much in the year of COVID. So I can't imagine what it would be like to manage the activities of two kids. How do you navigate that? Yes. And bonus to adults who also play sports. Oh my gosh, you guys are insane over there. It is. It's crazy. (laughs) But we navigate it. I mentioned the two kids and the two adults. So our ratios are good. They're on our side. We divide and conquer when we have to. Of course, we don't want to spend our weekends split, you know, watching kids at different parts of of the Metroplex. But of course, that happens sometimes. We talk as a family before we say yes to any season. There's never like an automatic, oh, yeah, I've already enrolled you in this. Like it's it's we're going to talk about it. Do you still enjoy this? We look at the schedules. I'll talk to if it's a new coach or a new team. Like, when do you practice? Because we're committed to soccer on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so count us out for that. If that's too high of a priority, we might not be a good fit for your team in the season. Whatever. We talk about what trumps each other. So 
someone's game always trumps someone else's practice. Right. Or whatever. So that we all have an understanding of, you know, you might like something might have to drop and here's what drops kind of. We talk about why they want to play. And sometimes it's just been the only reason I want to play mom is if these four friends are on my team. Okay. Then maybe we don't play right then. And maybe you just do some play dates once a week with those kids. And like, let's skip the whole sports part of that. Well, Kelly, I'm curious there. You wouldn't encourage a kid whose reason for playing is to get that socialization aspect of playing with their friends. Because literally, that's the only reason my kid plays sports right. is because he <laughs> wants to play with his friends. Yeah. So that's why yeah. he's played basketball and football and soccer. He is not an athlete at all. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm curious. Would you discourage that when the kids get to be like middle school level? No, it's just when I'm talking about the juggling part, Mm -hmm. like we didn't let our kids make a competitive decision on their sports till 10. And so we had that crossroads with with Jack this summer and it was, oh, you want to step up and do like a competitive double A baseball team. Why? And if his Mm -hmm. answer is just because or he only wants to play if those four friends can go with him, that's not going to work because it's a draft situation and he's going to get on a team with strangers. And Mm. so I don't want to commit and it's expensive. I'm not going to commit him to go play and then him go, well, I mean – I really didn't want to play double A baseball. I just kind of wanted, wanted to, to hang with out my with friends. my friends. Right. If that's the case, let's take a step back, get on a rec team with your friends, or let's just go to the park and play with them. So I definitely encourage the social park, Kanji, for sure. Like that's <laughs> that's what it's all about. But when we have to cut some things, yeah, we use those measures to help us decide as a family what works for us. Right. And you know, you mentioned that. Our hometown is a very sports heavy town, which is why I think it's really good that you have this podcast that highlights and spotlights the adults and the youth that are playing in here. What about those kids or the parents that are have kids that aren't necessarily into sports, but our parents want these kids to have active lifestyles? Can you offer some advice or what you would say to encourage parents to get kids active and involved? Because health and nutrition and, and activity is such an important part of, of your personal story. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways to be active and not on a sports team, even if you don't want to go to that step. There's martial arts and things like that that are still a very physically demanding and a good way and social and a lot of life skills that you learn from those things too. But kind of going back to what you said about all of our sports teams, it actually affords us a lot of cool resources and opportunities to get involved in different activities that those teams host or put on in our city. There's walks and 5Ks and camps, and there's a lot of actually really cool ways to be involved with sports without putting your kid on a team, if that's what you mean, Kanji. Yeah, I mean, I think Kanji was speaking for me. <laughs> oh, okay. like not like my I heard too. Like I know like, you know, my son, he played team sports for a while, but mm-hmm. as he's gotten older and his friends have progressively it's gone from hey, we're all having a good time when they're 4 to his friends are now getting more competitive and like really turning up their skills and he's not progressing at the same pace cuz he's just not as interested. And so it's hard, you know, trying to find ways to keep him active and encourage the leadership skills you're talking about and encourage the teamwork skills that you're talking about when it's not most likely going to come from team sports. You know what I mean? Right. So for us, middle school was is like a big gate for that because it exposed our daughter to completely new things. The coaches encouraged her, like, try out, try out for track, try out for discus, try out for things that, and we were like, yeah, just do it. Like, 
why not? That's what they're there for. Why not learn a new skill? So middle school was a really good kind of transition time for her. But I don't know. I mean, we've seen that. I see that with my son in sports that he's not super competitive in, but some of his friends are. And we'll go watch them. Like, we'll kind of make it a thing and we'll go and we'll walk to the park. We'll take our dog, whatever. Like, we'll go watch our friends play to at least sort of sort of stay involved with them and their families. Or we'll set up like little games at the park where 10 of them go play kickball or football or whatever, just to be active and fun together. Yeah. Even though they're not playing competitive sports together. You can keep the social aspect of it, but that's more, I mean, it does take parent work to set right. that stuff up and really like, <laughs> dang, they're that's not going to work friends for me. <laughs> that are always thinking about that and willing yeah. to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you raise an interesting point about middle school and exposing kids to different activities and sports that they may not consider. And you and I had this conversation a few weeks ago on your podcast about how a lot of youth sports teams and leagues still remain largely segregated. And a lot of that is because there is a lack of exposure in certain communities. You don't have a lot of kids of color that are playing lacrosse, lacrosse teams. Right. On the flip side, you have a lot of African-American and Latino kids that are playing basketball or on rec teams and rec leagues. We live in a city where hockey is big, but there is not a diversity of representation in the hockey leagues for youth. Well, or the country. I mean, yeah. there are a few African-American hockey players in the NHL and like you know them by name because there's just only like a few. And my husband says, well, a lot of it is because you think about what the parents played and what they watched and you didn't really have that. Like growing up, we weren't turning on the NHL. <laughs> my house, like, I'm from San Jose. We had the San Jose Sharks yeah. towards the end of my stay at San Jose, but we weren't going to any games in my house, right? We would right. go to the San Francisco 49ers and we'd go see the Golden State Warriors. Never saw a Sharks game. Watching, not watching the hockey, huh? Mm-mm. Well, and I lived in Texas. We didn't have hockey until I was well into my adult years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think you raise an interesting point, Kelly, that we can expose our kids either through school or through community sports to activities and sports to broaden their exposure and their experience. And in turn, I think that we as parents can also gain some exposure and the ability to step beyond what we knew. And using sports is that that would be the catalyst to do so. Yes, I think uh, my my takeaway from that would be listen to also listen to your kids. I don't want to automatically assume my kids want to go be in this sport because it was my childhood sport. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we do that a lot here, especially you see like kids that can barely walk and run. They're playing soccer or whatever, mm-hmm. usually soccer. It's one of the earliest ones. It's really we cute assume, though. We know <laughs> the, the path they're going to take. They're super cute. Yeah. I love watching little kiddos <laughs> play soccer. But I think it's important as they get older and, and talk to us to listen to them. If if they see something or, I mean, they can find any sport in the world, you know, on their computer and you can help them figure out how to look into it or try it or even not sports. I mean, it could be anything from chess to, you know, piano, like any, any activity. So I feel like getting your kids input is a really big key right. to them finding something they are going to stick with. Cause if you bring it up, the older they get, it might not sound as great as if they discover it on their own and tell you about it. Yeah, but it is so hard because our natural tendency is to have our kids walk in our footsteps. And that's not just with sports. It also comes with our belief system. We expose them to what 
we know. And yeah. so if we played soccer growing up, our kids are going to play soccer yeah. um, because that's just what we know. And stepping outside of who we were or how we were raised, it's so hard for us as adults and parents to do, which kind of helps me to pivot a little bit because this is what I want to talk to you about specifically is you stepping out of kind of like the way that you used to think or or, or maybe in some areas were raised as you have begun this learning program with our nonprofit Embrace Action. And I wanted to, if you're comfortable doing so, ask you to please share with our family a little bit about your anti-racism journey, what started it and where you are now. Yes, absolutely. You're right. It, it does probably all start with kind of where I was raised and how I was raised. Of course, I need to take ownership too, but it is part of my story. Like I envy you, Tara, when I hear you talk about the different cultural exposures you were just used to. You know so many other sides and perspectives, which I I don't know how to go backwards and get that. I don't think I can, so I only can go from where I am. Just raised in the very middle of Texas in a small town it was just people like me, only like me that I ever, I mean, that's not true. Of course, there were other, there were other races in my high school, but the majority of my life, I was at a school with, with just white people until I made a change in high school. But I guess where this starts, Kanji, a couple of years ago. So leading up to my 40th birthday, I decided to get really selfish and say no to a lot of the things that were taking up my bandwidth, like just volunteering and PTA. I was dedicating a lot of time to different things when my kids were little. So leading up to that, I shifted a lot of things. I shifted my health and how I ate and just look at food and the way I exercise completely different. And so it was really a journey to like lose some actual pounds and sort of change my shape because I had gained weight that I didn't want to have gained. Uh, so my year of 39, that's what I did. And that sort of kept on rolling with, with social justice. I know that's a, a big kind of a cliche phrase right now, but how that sort of kept on rolling was in May 2020, you know, when the rest of the country, this this groundswell of emotion and attention, um, when George Floyd died, it definitely caught my attention more so than some of the other past things had that were similar. I've since learned about them going retrospect, going back from you guys helped me with some of the workshop stuff, but it just, it caught my attention partly probably because we were all home and just in a different focus and had different amounts of time to pay attention to those, I don't know, to different things and, and, um, hear different voices. So, um, I was asked because of my job and I guess because I interview people, I was asked to, to moderate a panel on racial injustice in our community. And I was terrified because I don't know nothing. I wish I could go back. I actually want to redo it this May just to follow up. But I was terrified, didn't know how to ask the questions. And I probably did a horrible job, but I got through it. And at the same time, I saw Kanji on a panel with like a mom's group. And it all just started sort of clicking for me that I don't know anything, right? I am lost in this and I'm embarrassed that I'm lost in this. I don't know the right phrasing to say. I don't know the empathy I need to have. I I mean, I have literally neighbors next door that are black that I don't know their names and little things like that. Just it all hit me and sort of made me realize like, I have to figure out how to get better at this. So I did with, I got in, when, once I saw you on the panel, Kanji, I um, 
jumped right into some Embrace Action resources. So I was doing um, workshops and reading everything you guys were sending and watching all the videos and all of those little little bitty pieces of work to just sort of get me to a, a starting point, I think. And then I want to add during all that also, part of my job interviewing the pro athletes, it all sort of it kind of was woven into that too. I started looking for things and hearing things differently. And one of the professional players that I interviewed, turns out there was a huge story about him because of kneeling during the national anthem. And I was really then grateful to have known his personal story and his head coach and knowing how they were supporting and backing him. And I mean, just seeing things different, um, just for the small amount of work I had already started kind of learning and doing with Embrace Action. So anyways, that was May of 2020. And it's not been a very long time since, I guess, but I have definitely, I feel like I've come a long way. I have a long way to go. My journey is like, I feel like I'm at the very beginning steps of it, but I feel really good about it because I've just opened up to a, a, like a different understanding of of what I need to be seeing in the world. Thank you for sharing that, Kelly. We, we've loved having you along on all this as well. And uh, I think May 2020 did a lot for all of us in changing our perspectives after the murder of George Floyd. How are you translating that with your kids? Like, what is your hope that as you continue this journey and continue your anti-racism learning, uh, how do you bring that to your kids in your home? Well, I'm vocal really is the basic answer to that. Um, and I guess what that looks like for me, I've learned a lot about about bias. So through Kanji, we've had conversations about it, but also y'all's workshops. But just recognizing that um, I have these certain ways of of looking at people and making judgments. And I I realize now that I have this huge opportunity to stop doing that and to stop that cycle with my kids. So I speak out loud when I even see myself doing it. Um, because you know, your kids, you don't, sometimes nothing has to be said. You can be driving and everybody sees the same person on the side of the road and you know what everyone's thinking if you're their, their kids. So sometimes I'll just, I'll just start it and be vocal and, um, try to, I don't know, open them up to, looking through a different lens or not assuming they know what someone is like or what they want or how they got in a position or what whatever it is, whatever the circumstance is. I've also had to sort of check, check like my older daughter. I'll check her sometimes when she will comment about somebody at school or they said this or that. And I'll just ask her like, why are you assuming that about that person? Or, you know, I don't know, just... <laughs> It's tough because I don't want to, you know, like throw her under the bus, but we all do it. And so with her, because she is 15, we're very close. It comes up a lot with with us because it's a really prime time to be able to stop her and just say like, hold on, hold on, hold on. That is really not fair. And let's think about this for a second. So really just like pausing and just talking about it. Um, it even means like reading things and, and talking to them about what's in the news. Um, even just today, like I was – during everybody's in the kitchen doing their thing before everybody leaves for practices and stuff. And I was reading out loud like updates on the the trial of the officer in the George Floyd case. And I was just reading like prosecution saying this and this and this and just trying to like keep the conversation out there so everyone is aware of what's happening in the world and, you know, sometimes seeing both sides of things. Not always, obviously obviously. So really, yeah, opening the conversation and 
talking about like, don't pre-write someone else's story because we really don't know at all. And, and I'm, I'm worse at that than they are, but I'm just sort of trying to nip it in the bud with them as, as they're still like pretty innocent, I think in the big scheme of things to make sure that they're even better at it. Yeah, just getting better um, personally and then sharing how we improve with our kids. And there's such power for to show vulnerability in front of our kids, to let them know that mom and dad or whoever the, the guardian is just doesn't know everything, you know, and they see us also on a journey. It, it can be um, a bonding experience to have that person, that child alongside you on this journey. And I think all of us are. And Tara shared earlier um, some of the issues we may have. Tara mentioned that there's some um, bias that might exist with you when talking to people with disabilities and not. And similar with me. And I think also I was doing a panel the other day and I really was struggling with people with gender identity and making sure that I was able to make sure that those people felt included in that conversation. And so it's always just pausing, reflecting, and figuring out how we can be better so that other people in our communities and in this country can feel accepted, feel welcomed, and feel valued. And for someone who's known you for the last few months, I'm just proud to be a part of your journey, even if it's just a super small part, because I think the world of you. Thank you. It's not a super small part. But Kanji, you, um, when you mentioned gender identity, that's a huge one right now. Yes. Um, in high school, I, it like when I have kids in my car, it comes up way more than I would have ever thought. Um, because it's an easy thing for them to not pick on, but talk about like, Hey, did you hear this person? And it's a male name. They're, they are, they were in the girl's bathroom again today. And it gives me a good chance to be like, wait, hold on. What? Wait. And they're, they're like, well, but he, he's like, he like thinks he's a girl. And so he's friends with all of us and he goes in the bathroom and I'm like, well, how do y'all feel? What is it like? Just, I, I try to open it up and not be judgmental about what they're saying, but understand so that I can then, you know, when they do say things that I'm noticing are not really the right way to look at things, I can at least remind them, you know, imagine how it is in their house or imagine how hard that is for them. They don't know what bathroom to go into, or they have no friends that will help them or I don't know, all these different things. So yeah, Kanji, that's a big one right now for me. Yeah. Well, and I know you said, but when you started that answering that question, Kelly, that I know you mentioned, you know, envying me because I got to start early and it's, you can't really go backwards, but honestly, like doing this work with your kids is how you do this backwards. Mm. You know what I mean? Like just reminding yourself that now they're not going to have to start at 40 because you're helping them start at 15 and it's, yeah. it's a, it's a huge benefit. So I just big kudos to you for that. Thank you. Mm. It's, it's, yeah, it's helpful to me while I'm helping them, obviously. But part of that too isn't all just the good stuff and the, hey, let's look at, let's look at how, you know, talking about all these other people. Like part of it is talking about us too. It gives me a chance to talk about our privilege and sports is a huge tie in with that too. Mm -hmm. There are so many times we face a team or someone on our team, whatever, it's usually like another team. And there's an obvious advantage that we have. And I will explain to them, you have all these resources that are given to you, the, the facilities, all these things. Right. So I, I actually have tried to incorporate that a lot lately too, just that 
we're really not just lucky, but we actually are privileged. We were given all of this stuff and we didn't do anything for it. Whereas other kids in other parts of the communities don't have it, don't even get to play on these teams right. or don't have the chance to go buy the $200 lacrosse stick you want tomorrow. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing, which, which I'm not either. I'm making, her, <laughs> I'm making her work over the summer for half of it. And I still an example. Okay. I love it. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. Kelly, we are so lucky to have you on um, this episode and it has been our privilege to share space and time with you and for your vulnerability and authenticity telling your story and would love to have you you back but before we wrap up i would love for our family to learn a little bit more about how they can find you and on your podcast and how we can support you well thank you it's called hustle and pro like we said early on and it's really available on on all of the like podcast listening platforms. I'm an iTunes podcast person, so that's my normal thing. And I love that when you're subscribed, it rolls on up in your feed. Like when I'm doing my workouts, uh, your podcast rolls up and I can hear y'all's voices. It's published through lifestylefrisco.com. Okay. Yeah. And so the easiest way I think is to just search hustle and pro on however you listen to your podcasts and you'll see a little black and white logo with the sports a bunch of different sports on it and that's how you know you found me well that is fantastic kelly thank you once again for taking time to chat with our podcast family and we look forward to continuing these conversations offline and for yes. our upcoming movie night oh that's right yes. we got a netflix yes. watch party we got to it do. Yes. all right kelly thank you so much for joining us take good care friend thank you both so much Kelly Walker, the podcast host yeah. of Hustle and Pro. She's my friend and I love her and I love that she had the strength to come on and share with us her story. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciated her telling us kind of where she is uh, with her journey and how that got started. And I mean, it takes a lot of vulnerability to talk about it. But I am disappointed that she named her podcast Hustle and Pro, but still hasn't seen Yikes. Hustle and Flow. I know. You know, we, we did do a little bit of research. We did. Um, and I wanted to apologize to Terrence Howard in case he's listening. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> because he was nominated for that an year. Academy Award mm -hmm. that year. He was. Yes. And our producer let us know that he was up against um, Philip Seymour Hoffman Phil for Capote mm -hmm. and, and uh, uh, Heath Ledger yeah, for Brokeback, Brokeback Mountain. Mountain. That's right. And uh, Joaquin for Johnny Cash, the Walk the Line movie. Yeah. So he wasn't going to It was win. a big year. Yeah. It was yeah. A big year. <laughs> yeah. But we did say, we did kind of talk a little bit about his performance and we shouldn't have because it was, he was recognized by several um, well, just film to be, And just to be clear, I think his performance in that movie is fantastic. <laughs> but unfortunately, the last few years, there was all that nonsense with Iron Man. So I just, yeah. I, I, it was so far back. I just, I'm tainted now. I need to remind myself of the greatness of Terrence Howard. Which best we Best man, yes. best man holiday. Yeah. Come on now. So when we have our movie night, yes. we have to make sure that Kelly understands that this was like cinematic excellence. Peak Terrence Howard. Yes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So that's what we will do. <laughs> and I will try my best not to sing. It's hard out here for Pimp oh, Out Loud the whole it. time. You no, will? I'm going to sing it, yeah. You know what we should do is we should remake it and call It's Hard Out Here for a Parent. <laughs> oh my God, we should totally do, do that. We don't know. <laughs> no, if people have not heard our attempts to rap I could do the rap. I can no, do the can. rap. You can do the singing. Tara, you cannot <laughs> do the rap. <laughs> Listen, I love you Hold on. so much. <sighs> You can't do the rap. How dare you? I can do the rap. Girl, I'm going to do the rap. If you try to watch me. Please don't. I, I will watch you. <laughs> I won't listen. <laughs> that I will do. And podcast family, I would recommend that you do the same. <laughs> but with 
that being said, we are going to sign off this episode. We're going to sign off without rapping. We're going to sign off without singing. Mm. But we will sign off by thanking you for taking time um, to listen and to join our family and to join the conversation. We welcome all the feedback that you give us. And we're so appreciative of you for taking time to be a part of our family. Yeah, thank you guys. You know where you can find us. We're on all the platforms where you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on all of those platforms. Make sure you follow us. You will see our episodes come up that way. They'll automatically load to your devices. You can hear us as soon as it drops. And we've got a lot of fun stuff scheduled. So you're not going to want to miss anything in the next few weeks. Uh, Make sure you rate and review us. We read every single one of those. And we love sharing with you guys. So keep on hustling out there. Keep on flowing. And make sure you always take good care. We'll catch you next time, podcast family. Keep hustling and, and keep, keep flowing. Yeah. Listen, I'll try to tie it I in. I like it. I'm going to go pick those up. I haven't listened to your podcast yet, Kelly, because I just met you. Did you listen to the episode you. that I was on? No. <laughs> Kelly. Shame. It's bookmarked. Joey did. Wait. <laughs> Joey did. He listened. Joey wins. It's bookmarked. I just haven't listened to it yet. I've been so busy. Um, Uh Kelly, I will send you the the graphic, the promos, and I'll just tag you guys and everything. We will probably post it either Friday or Sunday morning. But thank you. Thank you again for making this time. I'm just honored that you asked me. Ever since yeah. you asked me, I thought, what in the world do I have to say to y'all? <laughs> so, you have so much to say. You, you do. So much, yeah, you do. Um, here's my question. Are you guys going out of town this weekend? No, we really? aren't. And we don't have any good plans. <gasps> We're going to have you should nothing come. No, you, you know what? You can get an Embrace Action t-shirt if you help us volunteer on Saturday. Oh, what are you doing? We're preparing all the books for the um, book donation. Oh, yeah. So we have to go to the Islamic Center of Frisco and yeah. we're unboxing, sorting, stamping and some of the other partnering organization like the Frisco Women's League.